0: Hello, and welcome to CultPix Radio, WCPX 66.6, on your favourite channel. And the Oscar doesn't go to me, Django Nudo. I didn't
1: get one either, and I'm the smut peddler.
0: Once again, the wrong film didn't win. Um uh- or they should have had us as a presenter or whatever. Anyway, um, coming to you this week from Asia, That's right. uh, in my case. So we spare no effort in crisscrossing the globe and uncovering the best films and the best deals and the best archives where we can find fun, different, foreign films um, to bring to you, uh, our dear Colpix members.
1: And there's so much happening in terms of of of, <laughs> of contracts and films so we we will truly be a global streaming platform we we have films from all over the world right now it's it's amazing
0: yeah i i was talking to a, a contact here and explaining and that no really it is a global streaming service and people always sort of make slightly wide eyes uh but yes we didn't know that that's not how you're supposed to launch a streaming service. You're meant to go in one country and then add on another, another, another. So uh wrong way around, but like the Bumblebee, somehow we still managed to fly.
1: Well, and what about the Oscars? You were you were actually awake. And when the they were Oscars.
0: On. That's the good thing about being in Asia. I could actually watch the Oscars for breakfast. Yeah. And uh it it, you know, I haven't been bothered about it the last few years, but this year it was actually a fun thing to watch and you know, you can like mainstream films even if you like cult films. And I have to say that there were some pretty good films that got the awards this year. Um I liked All Quiet on the Western Front, but above all, I really, really liked Everything Everywhere All at Once. Have you actually have you seen it? Spot yeah, Paddler? absolutely,
1: I have. And and I mean the the thing is that well, both that, it, that a lot of awards went to Asia, which is great, but also that it was yes. genre films, and I mean, of course Jamie Lee Curtis, who also gave a bow to the uh, the, the genre film fans that had supported her over the years. I mean, it was a, a great year for genre films.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was really, really lovely of her to, to actually say that yeah. because, um, you know, let's face it, she is best known for Halloween yeah. and other things as well. And I think a lot of people have, you know, been a bit snide about the fact, um, you know, I hope she gets well paid, but I think she also does a good job of keeping that um, franchise fresh. Yeah, And keeping it interesting. And I think the common factor was that pretty much all of the actors who won this year were at one point sort of written off. So if you think about it, uh, Brendan Fraser left the industry for a very, very long time. um, Having the first Vietnamese American, it was so lovely to see him and Harrison Ford hugging on stage. Was it 40 years after Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom? But, you know, he couldn't get roles. Yeah.
1: Also, the fact which I didn't know is that he was in Encino Man with uh, Brendan Fraser. Encino Man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. Which, you know, genre film, caveman film. Yeah. A specialty on Cold Exactly. Picks. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, of course, Michelle Yeoh, um, now 60 years old, and she's done such a, a tremendous job over such a long p- career. And I especially love her in, in, the, in the latest Star Trek series. Uh, she's done so oh, much
0: that's right I read about yeah, that yeah it's
1: great she's great there. but
0: again genre films I mean she got her big break in Hong Kong films yeah. so um, obviously kung fu films martial arts um, Hong Kong action you know and I also want to give a plug for if you haven't seen it um, the Daniels who won the several Oscars for everything ever all at once uh, only actually did one feature film before this one but it's such a bizarre, obscure gem that it's a shame it's so recent that we can't have it on cult picks. But if you haven't seen Swiss Army Man, oh yeah, check it out. Yeah, Seek it that's out. great. Yeah, somebody described it as Terence Malick's Weekend at Bernie's, and True. I think
1: that <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's a
0: fun movie and it's it's super bizarre. Also known as the farting corpse movie. Exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. But sticking with the theme of going around the world, we have just concluded um, international um, famous uh, genre kaju, although only available in Scandinavia. This one it was the gamera, fire breathing flying turtle monster fighting kaju spectacular.
1: Yeah, eight of them, and um, we the the last one was actually made ten years after the the the, the seven first. And where Gamera fights all of the other monsters. So it's basically a lot of stock footage from the other films glued together with a sort of story. Uh, but it's amazing. It's and and, the, and the, I think that the, the most fun bit about it that I didn't know of and I read up on is that, well, it started off with Gamera as, just as Gojira or Godzilla uh, wrecking havoc on, on Tokyo in the first film, being a real mean son of a bitch. And then he becomes the friend of children in all of the other movies. Yes. Mm-hmm. And in one of the latest the movies, uh, it's just a kiddie movie, basically, but with giant monsters.
0: I know it's it's a funny kind of evolution. Yeah. Um, but it's a little bit similar. And this must be a recurring Japanese thing. Because if you remember in the uh, third Daimajin film, again, it's kids on a mission. Yes. Yeah. And so it's, on the one hand, um, um, you know, the very big monsters, and on the other hand, the very small protagonists. And on that note, we should also note um, there was, in memoriam, controversy, as always, uh, at the Oscars, who was left out, mm. um, Anne Heshi. But I wonder, did they include Mr. Big,
1: in it. Well, I didn't watch the gala, so I don't know. But um, Bert I. Gordon died 100 years old. The man who basically yeah. made a career of tiny, tiny people or giant, giant
0: people in all of his films. Or yeah. animals. And, and giant monsters. Yes. Yeah.
1: He was really um, into. They had that. to laugh
0: at him. But, he, you, like he you said, and we've got two of his films on Cult Pics, but they are not. The giant monster films. Oh, they're not very typical, are they?
1: they? Are...
0: No, um, but we do have to get around to them. So we've mm-hmm. got the magic sword um, is one of them. Yeah. Which is and more of Tormented, a kind
1: of... which is also a kind of a, it's a different kind of horror story. And what more? We are starting to talk a little bit about what's coming up and and uh, teasing teasing our fans a bit. But we can tell you that we just, made a deal with the very lovely uh, US company uh, Def Crocodile who are famous for their magnificent restorations of films and uh, every time they launch a film on Blu-ray or HD, it's this big hype around it.
0: Yeah. No, that's... I'm super proud to have them as partners and I think we're well over 40 now so I I can't remember if they're number 41 or 42, Mm. but yeah. And it's a real fun mix of titles and films that we're going to get from them. So there's no one theme to them other than the fact that they're by or from Death Crocodile. Yeah,
1: and, and restored by them, which is great. So, But we're starting out, well, in not not so long, uh, with um, the exploitation film Solomon King, which we really look forward to. And also the very strange film Unknown Man of Shandigore. So you have something to look forward to.
0: It's going to be a good one. Yeah. Enough teasing of upcoming things ahead. What is it that we have this week on Cult Picks?
1: We are so proud to introduce a week of seven films from the Czech Film Archive. And we've discussed this before, but the great thing working with East European Film Archives is that Uh, The communist governments owned the film industry, so we only have one partner to um,
0: negotiate with very true and uh, and they did do I mean obviously people know about the famous Czech films of, of Milos Forman and other ones but these and um, closely observed trains and classics like that but these are genuine um, cult classics and just when we announced them on, on social media it literally erupted with people saying oh my god this is my favourite film or you know these there are so many great films amongst these so um, I personally look forward to not having seen any of them I have to confess um really really look forward to seeing them and getting to know them because it seems like such a fun mix of Actually no I take that back I have seen one of the the science fiction one but the mix of sci-fi and horror and comedy yeah. and it's a, and sexy of course always sexy It's a delight
1: indeed and of course as we feel this is one of our most important finds we have a dear friend and an expert on classic czech cinema as our guest in today's podcast and that is martin Christensen.
0: well i'm going to hand over the word to you to have a discussion with him about these films uh coming up on cold picks <laughs>
1: we are so happy and proud to uh, introduce our guest this week, uh, Martin Christensen. And I would call you an author, a researcher, a pop cultural expert, uh, but with a particular fascination for Czech culture, both in terms of music and literature and film, as far as I know. And uh, you've written a bit about this already in one of your books. Can you tell us a little bit about, about your specific interests and uh, and the, b- the books you've written yourself.
2: My interest in uh, old popular culture I think it started with uh, watching old uh, Fred Astaire movies on television when I was a kid and uh, horror movies that was uh, shown on sw- Swedish television when I was 12 years old and also when I was uh, 14 years old there were many uh, TV series about the 40s, uh, and uh, I I sat and watched this and took it in, and uh, there you are. Yeah, uh, and you also... I actually, stayed there in, in the past.
1: Yeah, and you wrote, you wrote a very important, uh, to me, very important article about the summer of horror. The summer of horror, horror for Swedish television in
2: 1972. Uh, we were whole... Uh, generation that was influenced by they, they showed all, all the old Universal uh, movies Frankenstein Dra- Dracula Werewolf, and I I I was uh, affected for my whole life and I I thought I was uh, the only one but then I started to talk with people in my own age and I I discovered that I, uh, we were all we had all been influenced
1: by this. Then you have written uh, books with with. Um I would say like short articles about specific pop phenomena, uh, and I'm, I'm I'm very excited about those, and, and also like like phenomena like Tiny Tim and and these sort of things.
2: Yes, Tiny Tim, my my greatest idol. Yeah, uh, whom I saw in New York in 1996.
1: Uh, that's great.
2: And he was also uh, intrigued by the past, and he was had encyclopedic knowledge about old music popular music
1: yeah and the, i mean the reason you're here that you you've actually written quite a lot about uh czech culture i mean from the old czechoslovakia um, both in terms of, of of music like plastic people and uh, the plastic the, people of the universe yes and the, and the specific author also Yes, uh, my
2: interest in Czech culture started uh, with literature, literature, uh, actually. Uh, I found a book by a Czech author called Josef Skorecki. And uh, I liked the book so much and I started to read all his novels. And uh, I found that I had so much in common with him. So I started writing him and we became friends or pen pals, but I only met him once. Uh, and he he had this interest in jazz music and in film, and he was involved with the with the film industry when he lived in Czechoslovakia. He he moved to Canada after the Soviet invasion, but um, he was involved in the film industry. Um, quite a few of his novels are, are, are uh, they have made, made films of it, and uh, so uh, through reading his books uh I started to be in, more interested in, in in Czech culture in general and especially in film.
1: Ah, so that was the that was that the uh, start th- the uh, entry to the whole thing. Uh, and, and, and the reason why you're based very much why you're here is that one in one of your articles You write about uh, Czech films, and uh, you mentioned at least, I think, four of the films that we have here. Yes. And you have also um, been very much part of this theme week as you have uh, come with with suggestions for titles, uh, especially the ones that you didn't see before.
2: Yes, some I haven't seen before, and I wanted to see, and some that I have only seen once and I wanted to see again, so I suggested... Some of those films, films I really like,
1: and and we are so excited because uh, as we said, we we are now in uh, good friends with the with the Czech film archive, and they basically have everything, and they have restored a lot of films, and the restorations are beautiful. And I also found watching one of the films that the translation and the English subtitles are great. Yes, they're really well well done. And then going into the specifics, because I really think we have to talk about each film individually. And to me, what's so great about this week is it's so diverse. It's basically different genres.
2: Yes, and I think I'm so glad that you have all these films now, because I hope many people will discover how, how rich the Czechoslovak New Wave, especially in the 60s, what was. Uh, there are so many great films and and in so many different
1: styles, as you say. Yeah. Uh, so. Um, and also, I find that that it, on a serious note, when 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 reading your your books and and all of your writing, is that there is a, a there is a, a there is a really a, a, a sentiment through it all uh, for freedom of speech, for liberty, for joy, yes. against boredom and and and. Uh, all kinds of repression, and I, I think that's really true for these films as well.
2: Yes, I think many of the the films we will talk about today, uh, they were made in a in a period when the, the, when uh, were there, were, and, uh, there was this this liberal liberalisation that culminated in the in the Prague Spring in 1968, and um, uh, they had more freedom to, to tell the truth truth. They they could experiment in form, uh, but also they, they even if it, it, they were more free than in the 50s, they also had their clashes with, with the censorship.
1: Yeah. So shall we start talking about the, the first one? We, I'm, I'm, I've done this in a very boring way. These are done chronologically. So, okay. so that's the way we talk about them. Uh, and this is actually one of the films you, ro- you write about in your books, and that's Ikaria XB1.
2: Yes, a science fiction film, perhaps more known from the edited and dubbed American version... Uh, called Voyage to the End of the Universe.
1: Well, they changed a lot, right?
2: Yeah, they changed a lot. Uh, it was uh, American International Pictures. Typically. Yeah, yeah, of course, known to all cult movie fans, Samuel Ar- Arkoff and Roger Corman and yeah. so on. And uh, they did this to other Eastern European film films as well. Uh, and um, they changed the story. Uh, I don't know if I can... If it's a spoiler, they changed the ending of the film. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and even... They even changed the name of the cast. Director and screenwriter, the, uh, the screenwriter, Pavel Juracek, became Paul Jurist. And okay. uh, the director, uh, we have to apologize for the, our pronunciation. <laughs> change, it's so difficult. Jinji yeah. uh, Polak, he became Jack Pollack in, in the American film. And they also cut, I think, about 10 minutes from the original yeah. film.
1: But the, probably there was too little action so they had to remove it yes
2: uh, it's a little action in the film but but it's kind of slow but I think in a, in a good way um and it's so
1: beautiful this film um, yeah. and what you wrote about it i found that so so interesting is that it's not laughable it's really someone has tried to depict the future
2: yes uh, o- often in old science fiction movies when you watch them it's it's laughable and it's kind of corny. Mm. Uh, but uh, in this film, you, you, you can't believe this is, uh, this is the future. And uh, especially one scene that I like uh, very much is, is um, uh, a dance scene, a disc, future discotheque. Because uh, it's, it's strange and uh, it's not a, a dance we have today, but it looks authentic. This could be a future dance.
1: yeah. And I must say, the music is astounding. And and the soundtrack is actually on Spotify. Uh, And we've done a a, a huge Spotify playlist for this week with 67 (laughs) (laughs) tunes. So we'll listen a little bit to that uh, after we talked about this film. Uh, But the the music is also very believably futuristic.
2: Yes, and they're not... Not only like that. It's it's like a real music. Yeah, yeah. somewhere that Stanley Kubrick watched this film uh, before he made 2001. I'm not sure I don't know if that's true but it could very well be true I should say also that the screenplay is uh, Pavel Juracek Um, he was a a really influential screenwriter and director in the 60s Czech New Wave Mm -hmm. Uh, and he was uh, apparently also interested in surreal and in science fiction. The same year, uh, he made a Kafkaesque short film called Joseph Killian, and it's not uh, Joseph K. Mm. That's that's not a coincidence. Of course. Uh, He did it together with Jan Schmidt, and that's a strange story about a man who rents a cat and is not able to return it afterwards. Um, and he also, in 1967, directed a Dark, really depressing post-apocalyptic science fiction film uh, called uh, "Late August at the Hotel Ozone." Uh, it's uh, it's a story about two girls after the last the last atom bomb war, and um, it wasn't banned, but it didn't get much of a distribution, and for years it was unavailable. But but it's available on DVD now. I've seen it once, but I don't know if I want to see it again. It was so scary <laughs> and, and mostly depressing. Or so I remember it. Uh, it was so dark. Um, this is this is, this film uh, Icaria uh, is more uh, perhaps more conventional uh, science fiction film.
1: But it sounds like we need both that short film and the feature film for an, uh, an, a
3: next our next check yeah. uh, yes i hope so ma
1: <laughs> so the the next film is something completely different as they say on Monty python uh so 1964 film which has, well, to me, when I did research, I always found, like, at least two titles for these films in English. And the one we have opted for here is Love Harvests in Summer. It's also called Hop Pickers. And then I checked Google Translate, and that says, uh, the, the original ti- title, I won't even try to pronounce it.
2: Uh, starts in
1: or something like that. Thank you. Uh, actually means Old Men on Hops. Yes.
2: <laughs> um
1: it's a musical
2: and um, Eastern Eastern European musical. Uh, that's a fascinating story. I, um, I would like to recommend a documentary film called East Side Story from nineteen ninety seven.
1: It's great. I yes, saw it. Yeah.
2: yeah, that's interesting for anyone interested in the Soviet blo- bloc block musicals and the story behind
1: them um, t- uh, and the people singing about five year plans and tractors.
2: Yes, <laughs> but. Uh, It wasn't easy making musicals in the communist country. And to the communists, musicals were escapistic, degenerate, bourgeoisie, and capitalist entertainment. And most of all, it was Mm. non-political. And one of my favorite Czech directors, Ivan Passer, uh, who is represented with one of his films on Calpix, Born to Win, from 1971, Yeah. And he worked with Milos Forman on his early Czech films and also directed one of my favorite films, Intimate Lighting. But he said, uh, 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 what irritated the communists most of all, it was not being criticized, but being ignored. (laughs) They could ask, where are we in this film? Where is the class struggle? (laughs) And this is what happens in the musicals, people having fun and not giving a damn about the revolution. But The Hoppeckers uh, is—it's not just another musical. It's—I have—I understand now that um, talking to old people, to Czechs that that were young in in the sixties, they have uh, explained to me that this is a very important film for the young Czechs in the sixties. It has even been called, a, been called a manifesto for the younger generation in Czechoslovakia. Uh, the, the, the story in the film it's about the mandatory summer camps that the communists set up for young people, uh, where they, like in the in the film, they they um, work on on the hop fields. These camps had. Bad food. They were unhygienic. They there were nothing to do in the evening evenings, but also a time for young people to meet other young people, falling in love, etc. And one Czech I spoke with said, "I will always love this film because it gave us a little sunshine in in a dark time." Right. Uh, and when you see the film today, it may seem a little uh, silly at times, but but. Um, one has to remember what, what the film meant to those kids. Yeah. And it looks, when it's uh, in, uh, in the beginning, it's it looks like a typical propaganda film. They, they come on the hop fields there and they march and they sing. Um, all we think about is uh, more hops for our export. Um, but as the story moves on, it's not that easy. Um, the main character is played by, by Vladimir Pucholt, whom we recognize from Milos Forman's film, Loves of a Blonde.
1: Yes, yeah, that's right. I recognized him.
2: And also he is in uh, Black Peter, right. uh, also Forman's yes, film. Yes, yes. Uh, he plays an individualist who pulls away from the collective and uh, he questions the teachers, he reads books, that is not encouraged by the Communists, and it ends with him being expelled from the camp together with his girlfriend. So the conflict in the film is individualism versus collectivism.. Right. Uh, in one of the musical numbers, the girls in the collective puts the boy on a, a mock political trial and tells him to conform. And so the bad guys in the film are the collectivists.
3: No, Odvěká, věku od dělá člověka lidskou bytost, pospolitost. A naopak, co z člověka udělala ta odvěká pospolitost? Lidskou bytost. Je, zda tady není nevíře, co učinilo to zvíře. Je knevíře, je knevíře. A naopak zda je zvíře, kdo chová se, tak nevíře. Je to zvíře, je to zvíře. Vy se trvejte v bludu. Já už se přes to přenes. Poradši bydlet v sudu. Jako ten Diogenes. Trest bez příkladný žádá si, kdo odklonil se od matři. Samo sebou. Vám už sebou. Jež. Kdyžkoliv toužil po sudu, tak vyhovte mu. Nebudu.
2: And the screenplay is written by uh, the rebellious satirist Vratislav Blasek, uh, who had already upset the authorities several times with his play. And uh, he went into exile in 1968. 1968. And uh, the director was Vladislav Richman. (laughs) And um, both of them came from Theatre of Satire uh, in Prague. Uh, So it's a very... It's a happy film, it's, although it has some uh, uh, sad ending, but it's a happy film and, and some great music, I think. I love the, the, the song Bossa Nova. Bossa Nova, Bossa Nova, Bossa
3: Nova, Bossa Nova, Bossa Nova, Bossa Nova, Bossa Nova, Bossa Nova. A s pičkou dojdeš vždycky nej, dál a dosáhneš si ní všecko, co jsi kdy chtěl. Ač Karel čtvrtý byl ukruplý fel, dál tak zavet u nás víno a ne chmel. Vosanova! 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 Vosanova!
1: We're, we started our conversation we, we had a little talk about uh, East European westerns because there were quite a few in, in, in a number of countries. I mean, especially I think East Germany was probably the most... Yes, that's the one I know about. You talked about Ingres. Hungary. Hungary had their, their easterns, yeah. So yes. it, it it was kind of a thing, but this film then, Lemonade Joe, it's not your average western.
2: No, it's It's another musical, uh, but also with the Wild West. It's a spoof. Uh, The American Westerns, they were not in high esteem in the the communist countries, but you could either make a Western uh, that took the side of the Indians that that they did in in East Germany with with, um, Goiko Michi, Mittich, their their hero, or make a parody, which this one is. Um, uh, Lemonade Joe, I think... It's interesting, mostly for its look, the color. It's color tinted, just like in the old silent movies. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's it's quite beautiful, but I think maybe a bit too long. <laughs> they they didn't have enough ideas for a one and a half hour long film. Right. But in this film, we see uh, the female lead, Olga Shobarova. Yes. Uh, or. Ulinka Berova, as she some, sometimes called herself.
1: This is like the most interesting thing about it, probably. <laughs> yes. For, for me. Yeah.
2: I, I guess um, she's known for many cult films buffs. Yeah. Uh, she was in the Hammer film The Vengeance of She, and she was in Italian and American films, and she was also on the cover of Playboy uh, in the same year as this film was made yeah, in yeah. 1964. And. Uh, I think uh, I should mention also, she appears in a very strange, surreal, anti-communist film, the extremely hard-to-find film, uh, Judo Jakubiscus' See You in Hell, Friends. Mm. Um, f- a film that took 20 years to produce. No. S- he started in 1968, and he w- it was immediately banned. He couldn't finish it. And he completed it in 1989, after... After the Velvet Revolution, and some of the actors actually died before the film was finished, and and you can see Shobarova and others aged 20 years in the same film.
1: And and I think also a funny thing to mention about this film is that um, Lemonade Joe he doesn't drink alcohol. He he drinks. Cola, lo- Cola loca. loca. <laughs> and that's also
2: that it's a parody. They, they, they could make the film if it was a parody of American culture. So
3: So far me to say holy star on my way do I say through my valley do I lay so and
1: we have a very special film that, uh, how, how should we put it? It's not very 2023,
2: is it? No, <laughs> I think you mean, uh, you're thinking of a Wedding Under Supervision. Yes. Uh, from 1967, Gigi Krejcik, or, uh, uh, it was a film, uh, I saw it at a festival in the 90s, uh, unfortunately not with sub- subtitles, but with simultaneous interpretation. So as I was afraid, I had misunderstood the plot. Is this really a screwball comedy about an rape? How was this possible? So I asked oh you to try to get this film because I simply because I was curious to see to see it again with English subtitles. I am very thankful to you that you. Uh, that so the
1: interpreter did a good job. Yes, then.
2: yes. I've seen it again, and I don't know what to think about it. It's a well-made comedy. It's funny, uh, but (laughs) it's problematic. Uh, It's about a girl who gets into a car with three men, and the next morning she reports a rape to the police. Uh, One of the suspects is going to get married the same day. Uh, And the problem is, (laughs) I think, the film treats rape (laughs) as it was a minor offence, like pickpocketing or something. No one in the film seems to take the side of the girl. And... uh, I'm not sure if the filmmakers take her side either. I'm not sure how to think about this film. I've seen some say it's a satire over the hypocrisy that surrounds the girls, but I'm not sure if that if that's really the case. But it's at the same time it is a screwball comedy, and it's very well made. And I think because also because of the great actors in the film. Uh, we have Vladimir pusholt again, uh, uh, that we saw in the Hot Pickers, and we have Jan Vosterchil. um He's a, the great amateur actor n- known from F- Millers Forman's films Black Peter and and Fireman's Ball. Uh, he he wasn't really an actor, but he oh. he was so good in the, those films as a old grumpy man. Um, and I will also think that Iva Jans- Jansurova is very good in this film. It it leaves you with a bad taste. Bad <laughs> <Yeah>. taste. <laughs> but it's it's a little hard to digest this film. Yeah. <laughs>
3: and then' moving
1: on to to a classic and a film that is interesting on so many levels and and so rich yes in 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 both structure and and narrative and and, and visuals it's it's the best film of
2: those we have talked about uh, absolutely uh, it's both an art. Uh, it's it's bo- both an art house film and a cult film uh,
1: and an exploit- exploitation
2: film the <laughs> it's... and a vampire film and a horror film. Oh. And uh, oh. I first saw it on the video label, label Redemption,
1: Valerie and, <laughs> and her Week of Wonders by, is the English title. Yes,
2: Jaro Miljires from 1970. Jaro Miljires is also one of the most famous of the New Wave directors. Um, it's interesting that he. he Before Valerie, um, he shot a film version of Milan Kundera's novel, The Joke, Mm. which is a brutal comedy about revenge in the Stalinist years. That was not only banned, it it was actually deleted from the director's official filmography. Oops. (laughs) So according to the Czechoslovak state, the film didn't even exist. Um, And then he did *Valerie*, and... It's based on a novel... Uh, by the surrealist poet Vitislav Nesval. And that was a safer bet than Milan Kundera for, because Nesval had been a loyal communist. He, uh-huh. he died in okay. 1958. He wrote poems to Stalin. He even wrote a poem in honor of the Czech di- dictator Clement Gottwald's wife. Old one. Okay. <laughs> but he was also a great poet and he wrote Valerie in 1935.
1: Uh, but I mean, to me, with this this fantastic subject matter, it sounds like it would be a hard sell to come to a producer and say, I, I have this idea about this coming-of-age story of a yeah. 13-year-old girl, and she meets vampires and priests and whatnot. I mean, it's I, icy.
2: I think they had a hard time selling this idea, but but right. uh, they could say, well, Nesval was a communist. Mm, okay. Uh, and
1: it's they play that card. Yeah, yeah. I
2: think so. And um, well, I think this is a really great film, but I will not try to analyse it. Uh, no, it's it's a it's a it's a dream. It's, it's a dream. Probably. You could analyse it in details, but you can also just enjoy its beauty,
1: the pictures, uh, the wonderful music by uh-huh. Lubos Fischer. And I, and I mean, the, the, the cinematography, each each scene is, is like a, a painting. Yes.
2: We should mention uh, the production design is made by Esther krumbashola who also co-wrote the screenplay. Uh, 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 she is one of the most important names of the Czechoslovakian new wave. She made costumes and scenography for, for so many Czech films of the 60s, um, she made, actually, she made the costumes for Ikaria XP1. Ah, oh, okay, okay. And she also directed one film that I, uh, unfortunately, I haven't seen, The Murder of Mr. Devil from 1971. But she's uh, she's responsible for the look of many, many Czech films, right. and, and especially this one. It's surrealism, it's horror movie, and it's also a, a fairy tale.
1: Yeah, yeah, very much so, yeah. And also, I, I was thinking of, of, the, of the, the sort of vampire-like, uh, powerful man. It looks a lot like uh, the, the character in Nosferatu.
2: Yes, uh, and also uh, Bengt Ekeroth in... Um, uh, the Seventh se- the se- Yes,
1: In yes. my balance, the Seventh Very season. much so, yes. yeah. What, what, how he's dressed. Yes. But to me also, it's, it's a very anti-church. Yes,
2: yeah. it's uh, absolutely... Uh, it's very much about repression and, and the. It's about being an adult. Yeah. Uh, when she starts to menstruate, she says, I'm not a child anymore, and she walks into this scary world. <laughs>
1: We talked about our Western spoof. I would say that this is uh, the next one. Adela did not have supper yet. Is a uh, I don't know uh, private detective spoof. Yes, spoof maybe. And it's the same director, Ulrich Lipsky. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he was specializing. <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: <laughs> spoofs. Um, it's the same playful genre parody, um, and also the visuals. Uh, it, you have mixed color and black and white photo. You have pictures from old crime magazines and so on. And it's, it's very also, cartoonish, is it? Yeah, it's yeah. very cartoonish. And, uh, and it's also something uh, of a... Uh, Tourist film, but oh, yeah, it's very much a travelogue. It's yes. the characters walk around and look at famous sites in Prague, and and they drink an
1: awful lot of beer. I, I was just going to say, it, it, it's it's like a celebration of Pilsner. It's the whole the whole thing. The
2: start of the film, they drink and drink and drink, and yeah. uh, and what's most interesting f- for me in this film is that the special effects and the animations uh, were done by. The surrealist filmmakers Jan Swankmeyer. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, oh. And uh, I, I love his films. I strongly recommend them uh, if one hasn't seen them. But I think it should have been more
1: Swankmeyer in this film. Yeah. The story is is it's kind of silly, but it, it's very much Sherlock Holmes, yeah. I think, uh, and especially the hero, which is the the, the famous detective Nick Carter.
2: But the, the that um, plan to the. Meat, the meat-eating plant is very well done.
1: It's very it's like, it's like, fleshy. Fleshy. <laughs> yes. Is yes. it's, it's actually? Is it like made out of human organs? It looks like yeah. But and also the super the super villain looks like a, a parody of like like those old sort of uh, Chaplin or Stanley. Yes. Bad guys, S- silent movie gangsters, yes. yeah, with big eyebrows and, and crazy eyes. And
3: uh, up, <laughs> <laughs>
1: And then the last one in this bunch um, of these seven films this week, uh, I find this also very intriguing. And now we we take a quite quite a leap from the 60s, so we are now up to 1982. The film is called The Vampire of Ferrat. And it's actually about a a vampiric race car. Yes, but it's
2: we have a connection here to uh, the New Wave because this film brings together two of the most famous directors of the Czech Republic, New Wave, I Hertz, who directed the film, and in the lead, the lead actor is Giri Menzel. I was surprised uh, <laughs> to to read that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Herz directed one of the best films of, of, from the Czech, Czech 60s, The Cremator, uh, which is a dark, nightmarish sto- story about an insane crema- cremator in the Nazi period. You should have that on Cultics. We should. I, I, I'm writing this down as we speak, <laughs> yes. And Gigi Menzo, of course, directed a series of comedic masterpieces, Closely Watched Trains, which won the Oscar for Best yes. Foreign Film. Yes. Uh, Logs on a String, which was banned and wasn't shown until after 1989.
1: Yeah, 20 years mm-hmm. in the freezer. And
2: it's so good. And, um, of course, Cutting It Short, uh, a comedy. Uh, all, all these comedies based on books by Boomin Sjrabald. Uh, and uh, this film is based on on um, a story by the Czech science fiction author Josef Nesvadva. Uh, and it's what shall we say about this film? It's well, uh, it's <laughs>
1: the, 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 what I've seen. A bit over the top. Yeah, what I've seen from it, it it's it's like super gory. Yes, it has a lot of blood.
2: Yes, a lot of blood, and <laughs> a strange story with this blood-sucking cars. Yeah. <laughs>
1: happy about this week and, and thank you so much for your insights Martin thank you
0: well that definitely wet my appetite which was pretty big already for these uh, Czech classics um, so many puns of check him out um, on cult pics but no really do Uh, they're going to be great and i'm going to let you pick a track to play us out um, for this uh, episode it's been a pleasure talking to you as always from asia i am Django nudo and i am the smut (laughs) peddler